Hello, I'm doing the intro. <laughs> I was afraid that you were going to miss your cue. <laughs> like I was going to forget that I'm doing it. I mean, you're multitasking. Yeah, I got, I got hands. Okay, I intro. Do, do a bunch of things. Um, do your thing. Hello, welcome. This is the Midnight Hour. Uh, we missed a month. We said we oh, this is how it. you're going to open the show by our failures? <laughs> we said we weren't going to miss a month and we did. Hi, I'm MJ and I'm usually the I didn't intro you. Show. Yeah, but you're supposed to. Hi, I'm your host. What's your name? (laughs) (laughs) I'm your host, (laughs) Stephen. It's weird when you say your name. I know. I don't like it. Uh, And here I have my (laughs) co-host. I mean, my uh, my step host, my uh, under host. That's bad. Just bad. Just never do this again. Uh, In the eternal words of Borat, my wife. (laughs) Uh, Now you can intro yourself. Who am I? I don't even know anymore. I'm having an existential crisis. You know, I didn't know what the word existential meant. What'd you think it meant? I don't know, but I just heard it on like Clueless that she was having an existential crisis. And yeah, like, that must be a bad crisis. And like I had no, I mean, when you're in high school. Right. It's like a who am I? I didn't know existence was in existential. Mm. Anyway, I digress. So because this is flipped, uh, what song did you introduce? <laughs> um that was mm-hmm. the the no no the no <laughs> oh wait what does it start with an l i don't know that was lace curtains oh yeah uh, lace, curtains. lace curtains the musical project by michael coomers michael formerly, coomers, formerly of, of harlem don't yeah, repeat harlem. after me it, it, <laughs> i'm introing <laughs> no it's weird it's like when you hear yourself but on a delay and it like messes up the way <laughs> I you don't say sound things. like you <sighs> anyway um it's his solo project, Lace Curtains. Uh, he put out a couple, put out four new songs. I'll probably play another one at the end of the show. So there's only four new songs so far. He's putting out an album, but he's been like releasing the the singles. Um, yeah, probably my favorite currently active artist. You know what I was doing when you were playing that song? Because mm. I like I like that song. The song's lot. called "Death to America," by the way. Yeah, how appropriate. <laughs> Anyway, when we were listening to that song, like I'm sitting on the floor right now and all I could do like was to just lay lean back and just like my head up and just mm. listen to the music. And that's the kind that's the vibe that that uh, that song put me in. Mm. It's like a s- relax, sit back, listen to the music, just have it take take you. The, the second verse has a line that said uh, my first persimmon was with a drug dealer. I, never uh, I like that. That's a good line. That's um. Anyway, <laughs> first taste is always free. So uh, I wanted to play some new music. Usually, I try to play new music uh, at the beginning of the show, but this is primarily going to be a music-based show. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about music. Uh, we're going to talk about a couple of news articles about music. Really, one. We're going to talk about the Rolling Stones' 200 best hip-hop albums. I'll, I'll kind of set the expectations. There. How we're many not more go lists all can the Rolling Stones? come out with i feel like they have every single list like twice right yeah i mean it's always got to update i guess and their lists are very we'll get into it when we get into the list but i wanted to start off not talking about music not talking about the list 
but I wanted to talk about what's been in the news. I mean, we're about to be in, you know, it's about to be the 4th of July. Uh, happy birthday, America, you rotting piece of shit. Um, it hasn't aged well, has it? <laughs> no, no. Uh, but I wanted to talk about the recent um, rash of Supreme Court decisions uh, and like their impact, what they mean, what are Supreme Court decisions. I think like a lot of people don't really have a clear understanding. Uh, and not that I particularly do either. But I think we can kind of have a discussion about it and like what our understanding of, of what these things mean are. Um, but I guess I want to start off by asking you, what is your understanding of what a Supreme Court oh, decision no. is? You're asking me government questions. It's like, well, we'll start off with, with there's Roe a bunch v. of Wade, old, right? fo- old fogies sure. on a bench. They have uh, white wigs on. OK. <laughs> um, and how many are there? Like nine? I don't know. Yes. Yes. Yes, there's nine currently. I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, so nine hasn't always been and doesn't have to always be. But I know that they're nine. there for life. Once non- you can, elected. you can retire. Yeah, you can retire, but I mean, none of them fucking do, and that's kind of the problem. That is a big problem. And then um, checks and balances, right? Um, they're part of the judicial branch. Okay. Yeah, I mean, they are <laughs> judges, so they are part of the judicial. They are the judicial branch. Look, my so, knowledge of the Supreme Court ended in senior year. So, I, I, okay, uh, let me ask you: um, What does it mean when the Supreme Court reaches a decision? Well, again, it's checks and balances, right? Like they reach a decision, but doesn't somebody say, "Well, we should probably do s- like this has to be turned into a bill and signed"? Sure. Yeah. That. That's. That's. A better understanding than I thought you'd have of it. And I think that's a better understanding than most people have of it. I think when they hear things like, oh. Like it's final decision. When- right. Like, oh, did you hear that, uh, for example, the the big one uh, is the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which is a, a case that happened quite a while ago that has been kind of the, uh, it's been the the word on federal legalization or or thereof of abortion. Um, so what happens is there are Supreme Courts, there's state level Supreme mm-hmm, Courts, mm-hmm. there's local county level Supreme Courts. So what happens is a case gets raised to like local court systems, right? Uh, any sort of a case. It could be like, oh, you ran a red light, whatever it is. Um, certain uh, cases will then get picked up by Supreme Courts to make rulings on. But they have to go, it has to be higher though. It's not just running a red light. Kind sure, of thing. right. Yeah, it has to be something. So so the job of the courts, I guess we can get down to the job of the courts in general. And I'll try to make this as not dry as possible. Boring. Uh, but the job of the court is to take the existing laws and precedent and uh, interpret what those laws and precedent mean in regards to the case that they are trying. I thought it was their their sole job was to uphold the Constitution. Well, so that's a piece of... There, there are three elements with the federal uh, Supreme Court. They look at uh, existing precedent. They look at existing laws. And they look at existing uh, federally recognized documents. So the Constitution being primary of those. And like the Bill of Rights and all that. So when you see something... And that's how like you have Roe v. Wade... Roe v. Wade was overturned, not because they said, you know what, let's bring up, uh, let's let's look back at that, because they're not really allowed to do that. They're not allowed to look at a case that's already been tried. So they there's didn't... a new case. Right. And the thing is, uh, they can always bring, they can, 
they're presented with thousands of cases, right? Yeah. So the only time the Supreme Court takes up a case is when they want to make a ruling that will set or change a precedent. So here's, I think, something that people maybe don't really grasp. The Supreme Court does not make laws. Correct. They're overturning, and, and I think that's what is probably most fucked up, and I think hopefully what a lot of people are realizing with Roe v. Wade, and I'm going to go over a couple of other uh, very, very recent, like within the last few weeks or months. I mean, it was a Supreme Court that established Roe v. Wade in the first place. Right, but the problem is most of our rights, most of the rights that we recognize as uh, rights that we have are not actually laws but they are precedents that the Supreme Court have decided on previously, like Brown versus Board of Education, right? So these are, and that's like integration of schools. These are precedents that were set by the, the Supreme Court, but they're not all codified or ratified into a law. And that's why there was this big talk about like, one of the big things is, well, what could the Democrats do? Well, the Democrats could have and still can ratify a federal law it's like, it's again, it's two out of three, like of right. the branches. Like, you still have to pass the house. The you Supreme still have to Court pass. is suggestions, and when they set a precedent. So, what, what would happen? The reason why abortion was Roe v. Wade essentially made uh, abortion legal on a federal level is the Supreme Court said, look, okay, abortions are part of, you know, in our interpretation of the existing laws and constitution and, and all that we identify this case and the case of abortion to be within the bounds of those laws. So that means that even though it's not a law, no court at that point would convict due to the precedent that the Supreme Court had set. I wonder what changed. Well, I guess mentality. Conservative judges. Religious conservative judges were appointed. Because like, I just, just going back then and seeing how radical that would have been. I mean, that it was at the time. And the fact that it like passed and we've had it for however long that we've had it. And then all of a sudden we're supposed to be in this modern area, uh, era. Right. We're all like supposed to be, you know, we know what's going on in the world. And right. So I, and, and. Then, okay, so the whole Roe v. Wade thing, uh, the overturning of that, um, it was leaked, right? That was the big thing with this is like, you've known about this. We've all known about this for like months now, right? That they were planning on doing this. Mm-hmm. The only reason why we knew that is there was a draft of their decision, the Supreme Court's decision, that was leaked. Now, there's a lot of questions about who leaked mm-hmm. it. Is it an aide of one of the, the judges? Was it a judge themselves? Was it one of the conservative judges? Was it one of the more, quote-unquote, progressive judges? Because uh, it wasn't a unanimous decision. I think it was six to three. Um, my theory is the courts have been packed with uh, religious conservative judges for the past, I mean – a decade is is putting it lightly, probably 20, 25, 30 years. Uh, the courts have been, for every progressive judge, you're getting like two conservative judges. Uh, and there's always been this, uh, the Democrats have used the judges specifically as their like bulwark for fundraising. Like, you know, we have to elect Democrats and you have to give us money to, to elect more Democrats because otherwise we're going to get conservative judges and we can't have that because maybe they'll overturn abortion. Maybe they'll overturn a couple of other things that recently got uh, overturned or set precedent on. Um, 
And now you have a Democrat-led House, a Democrat-led Congress, and a Democrat and vice president and president. And their whole thing is, well, what can we do? And so what I think happened was I think the conservative judges leaked their draft because the draft wasn't official. The draft was, hey, this is what we're planning on doing. So I think they leaked the draft Make themselves. Them like, no, no. I think the conservatives leaked it themselves. Those to make judges, the, the Democrats look bad. <laughs> not even for that. I think they wanted to test the waters. Mm. They wanted to see what public opinion would be. This is your theory. Right. And, and I'm not alone in this theory. Um, they wanted to see what public opinion would be. And they wanted to see what the outrage and action taken by the Democrats would be. And by and large, public opinion, like, I think it's 60% or something of America uh, thinks abortion should be legal. Um but they weren't taken to the streets. They weren't. They weren't really fighting for this. And Democrats did less than nothing. I I feel like they kept doing hearings on the January sixth thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so I think they saw that and they were like, "Oh shit, we can actually do this." And they did. So they went forward with their 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 drafted decision, and the outcome of it was a bunch of Democrats. Primarily, you look at Kamala Harris saying, "Like, what can we aren't going to do anything." Like, wait, you expect us to do something? I feel like they weren't worried that anything was going to happen. And I feel like maybe collectively the the United States were, wasn't worried that something like this was going well, to happen. Think, I think the people, by and large, have been and are worried. I think it's... I'm for sure worried. Now. Yeah. Well, I think it's the... Well, and I'll go over a couple of other things that have kind of slid under the radar. But the Democrats don't care because... They don't care. <laughs> like, why Why would they care if abortion's legal or not? It doesn't affect them. If they want to get an abortion, they're still going to get an abortion. If their their sons or daughters need to get abortions for whatever reason, they can still get them. This isn't an issue of uh, access. This is, this is an issue of money. This is an issue of whoever is in power can get what they want. So when a Democrat is looking at this, it's like, okay, well, now we need to – maybe we can still use this as, like, you know – bottom of the ninth and we're down but like you know now we need your money more than ever and it's like they can use this as an opportunity i hope that people start to look at this as like okay the idea and concepts behind the democratic party have failed and they're done and like we just we can't like i'm never gonna vote for another democrat ever it's just fucking over like i'm not gonna vote for a republican of course not but i'm not gonna vote for a democrat because the fuck are they ever going to do so sh does that mean the They're other parties right anyway. are, they have a chance to actually get up there i hope so i i think that there is a a wild disillusionment with the democratic party establishment and this isn't something new like you look at um in pretty much any other country when you look at the term like a liberal democrat they're like center right <laughs> Like, they're not the far-right party, but they're the center-right party. You look at, like, England, the Lib Dems are the party of, like, center-right. And then you have the Labor Party, which is, I mean, they have their issues, too, but they are, by and large, more of a left-wing party. Okay, you were going to talk about other things that the... Yep. So, uh, I want to talk about a couple of other things that the Supreme Court have also ruled on. Um, and this is recent. This is recent. There's a couple of years I'll skip over. So if you hear me kind of uh, stalling for time, that I'm just kind of <laughs> looking through a list. Just um, yourself. So there's West Virginia versus the EPA. The Supreme Court ruled uh, also along those same six to three lines in favor of West Virginia versus the EPA. Now, what is the EPA? 
Uh, I don't know. The Environmental Protection Agency. Oh, no. Uh, so they ruled uh, that, and now it's limiting the role that the federal agency has in regulating carbon emissions. So West Virginia said, hey, we want to pollute more. The okay, EPA is to, stopping us. We also have to remember that, you, like you said, these are suggestions. There's still more that needs to be done in order for this to actually come no, it to doesn't. pass, right? No, because that's the thing is most of our rights and regulation. Most So if if somebody wanted to, the only way that a precedent set by the Supreme Court would not be enacted or followed is if a law to the contrary was passed through Congress in the House and ratified by the president. Okay, That's, go on. So if there's a precedent and nothing else, that precedent will like nobody's going to sue uh, against a set precedent made by the Supreme Court because it's not going to pass. They're going to lose that that suit. Um, so yeah, uh, EPA, uh, we're going to be polluting more. Um, <laughs> this one is on the outside, not as bad, but I'm going to tell you why it is bad. Uh, Oklahoma versus Castro Huerta. So this was a very close, a five to four decision. Uh, essentially what this is was Castro Huerta's, uh, there was this issue in Oklahoma regarding, um, a crime committed on tribal lands. Mm -hmm. So this ruling was passed down and it said, uh, you know what? The longstanding rule that tribal lands, uh, are regulated internally and not a part of federal domain. It's bullshit. Now it's federal domain. So anything that can happen on those lands is federal lands. So, But this is a, that has to be a multiple thing. You got to do that first before you can r rule in this crime. Like that crime thing is a separate thing. But once that again, this is setting the... crime took place in this unfederalized. Right. So that's that. But now, but, but now what the Supreme Court is setting that precedent of is we're actually now deciding that the things happening within these tribal lands are of the purview of the federal government and we can make decisions. I don't know why things in the, the, in the tribal lands, is that even, is that the right term? Is, ha yeah, is sure. going to the su Supreme Court in the first place? Because Oklahoma sued the reservation. Oh. And that's why you, like when you look at these, it's mostly states suing agencies or uh, people. Um, let's see here. Veterans suing. Um, <laughs> God, how many are there? There's quite a few. Uh, ah, a high school football coach who prayed on the field. This is Kennedy versus Bremerton School District. Uh, a high school football coach who prayed on the field with students on the field following games sued his employer after uh, he was suspended from his job. So he kept praying for like with these football games. Uh, and the school's like, you can't be doing that with the students. You can't I force them to pray. I thought all football players play, uh, pray on the field in school. But it's like, like not like a Christian prayer. It's like, hey, let's all just like huddle. You know? Oh, and it's like, let's say wor words of right. encouragement. and. Um, so that same 6-3 uh, judge line ruled in favor of the football coach. So this means that now this precedent is worrying because now a teacher, this is a football coach in high school, with high school students is leading children in prayer. So this opens it up. And now uh, federally by this precedent, a teacher can decide to lead their classroom in prayer every morning if they wanted to, regardless of the I students. don't know how many teachers are actually going to do that though. I mean, you live in the Bay area of California. Yeah. Sure. I think a lot of teachers would want to do that. Oh, I remember when I used to have to say the pledge of allegiance. Sorry. 
What? <laughs> you were talking into the microphone. Sure, I was. I was just plugging my nose. <laughs> uh, um, let's see here. So that one's concerning. Um, there's also so that was with the uh, we had the one with the EPA. There's also one against uh, the um, FDA. So Uh-oh. regarding how much poison can be put into our foods? Oh, there's yeah. already so much poison. P- put as much as you want now. Uh, that was ruled. Um, so that essentially it's like no more federal regulation, got all these federal, uh, like different acts and stuff. Um, let's see. Scary times. I see all these things on TikTok. Like, well, if you want to leave the United States, here are places you can move to or. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about gun control recently. That's been a big thing. Uh, no control. the, The Supreme court just ruled that now you can open carry in New York. Oh, do they have, they can say that New York's yes. Because once again, what's the point of having a if somebody, state? Here's what happens: somebody has a gun, and, and somebody says, "Hey, you can't have that gun," uh, and then they say, "No, I'm going to sue you," and then that just goes. And that's the thing: the Supreme Court says, "Hey, we want to make a decision on gun control in the opposite direction." It's so scary to think that I'm just walking around, people just have guns like yeah. in their pockets or holsters or wherever they keep their fucking gun in their purse. Uh, ooh, Davida, what happened here? <laughs> uh, the Marietta Memorial Hospital Employee Health Benefit Plan versus DaVita. Let's see. Oh, kidney care? Yes. Uh, oh, okay. This is bad, too. Uh, the Marietta Health... So this is the issue. The Marietta Health Benefit Plan sought to eliminate... Or sought to limit reimbursement for outpatient dialysis, which was challenged by DaVita. DaVita, of course, didn't want to limit the reimbursement. Um, so uh, under the argument... Um, that this discriminated against patients without with end-stage renal disease, a diagnosis related to kidney failure. Um, so it was essentially health insurance saying, we want to limit how much we have to pay for dialysis. And DeVita was like, in one of the few things that DeVita seems to not be bad about, they were like, no, mm-hmm. that's discriminating against people who are dying mm-hmm. and need like, end of life care so of like course my grandpa right so of course the supreme court ruled in favor of the health insurance uh stating that it did not discriminate against them um so they the health insurance any health insurance provider now can limit or put limits on how much they have to pay uh for certain care uh, that's deemed like end of life that's so ridiculous yeah that's fucked up um Let's see. What else do we have? <laughs> Steven, this is really depressing. Can we <laughs> yeah. move on? We can move on. Um, there's a number of these. Uh, just know you're going to have more poison in your food. Uh, if you have kids, they're going to be forced to pray in schools. Um, if you have one of the top, what, three diseases, diabetes. Right. In- your health insurance provider could be like, yeah, we ain't, we're not going to cover that. You're, you're on your own to pay for that. Uh, yeah, you have health insurance, but like we don't want to because that's expensive. Yeah. Like you get kidney disease, uh, or you go through like renal failure, and you're gonna get this from the poison that the f- the is poison in your that food. you have in the food, right? Mm-hmm. Or the the they're gonna end up cutting not, the food with, you know, and that's not before like the sun burns you to death, right? Because we ruled that now uh, businesses are allowed to dump as many pollutants as they want into the water and air because that rules you know, against their personal they freedom. They drink this water too and breathe this air. I no, don't, no, they get the good stuff. I don't understand that. They don't have their own fucking filters that here's, are like here's my zero sense. Here's like the they thing. don't live in this world. The conservatives are a death cult. 
I, I was so I, I recently went camping with with some of my friends, and we were talking about the divide between uh, reactionary conservatives and progressives, like just kind of broadly speaking. And what I what I was getting to with them uh, is that like I think the main divide, and to find out where you place yourself on this uh, spectrum of are you uh, a progressive or are you a conservative, is how much. Uh, how much are you willing to give up of your own comfort for the comfort of others? Um, you know, I'm a good hostess. <laughs> right. Like I, I am willing to. So on the other end, the conservative reactionary standpoint is like zero. Like I, I am concerned with myself. Yeah. And it's, it's all a question of empathy. Do you have empathy for other people? And do you act on that empathy? And uh, all of these people, it's no, this is making it harder for me to make money. This is harder. Like, fuck them. I'll figure out how to get clean water. Fuck them. I'll figure out how to get food that doesn't poison and kill me. Fuck them. I have money to pay for uh, end of life care if I need to Mm -hmm. because of all the money I made from polluting and like killing everybody. Fuck them for abortions. Who's going to buy your shit if everybody's dead, man? It doesn't matter. We're not going to buy your Coca-Cola products if we're all dead. your customer. That's number <laughs> and one. none of us... Well, I mean, maybe there's going to be hella babies because of abortions. Um, oh, yeah. They don't care about that. Bleed your customer. You have more babies, that's more customers. <laughs> no. And you could bleed them, too. Okay, everybody. No more babies, guys. We no more babies. We can't give them more customers. Can no right? more customers. <laughs> so, Like, that's on. something they can't control unless they, like put out a coalition to have everybody or all these men rape women just so they they can have babies. Right. God. Oh yeah. There was another thing recently. I think it was also in Oklahoma where a 10 year old girl was raped and forced to, uh, forced to carry her baby. She was 10. Yeah. And she had, she got pregnant because it was God's will. No, no. this This is an opportunity. An opportunity for what? For another to ruin two lives now? And so the the other concern is um, with the the overturning of of Roe v. Wade is uh, prosecuting women for things like miscarriages. Yeah. Like there there have been cases where like late term miscarriages are being ruled as like manslaughter because of inhospitable conditions. Or that like like, um, the what is it? The ectopic. Ectopic pregnancy where the right. baby's outside of the uterus, which is dangerous for the woman the giving woman, birth too. Yeah, but they will get in trouble for that mm-hmm. if they try to terminate that pregnancy. That can that's risking the woman's life. Yeah, but it's like you know if you're if you're a woman who is pregnant and obviously doesn't have access to uh, to an abortion and you are living maybe you're of low wages you're living in low income areas and maybe you don't have the best living conditions and that causes a miscarriage you could be found guilty of uh, manslaughter and then face time in prison for your fucking miscarriage i, I mean i really want to like give my birth control out just to like yeah. people who can't like can i donate my i'm going to donate my money and my birth control so that somebody else can use it and hopefully prevent being in situations like this yeah it's anyway terrifying um on that note on that note fucking depressed. why do you want to open a show like this oh i think it's you know <laughs> it's fourth of july uh america's in decline it's fucked up it's a horrible fucking place um you know completely separate from anything 
that we were talking about. I was thinking about this today when I was thinking about, well, what should we eat for 4th of July? <laughs> and, and I started to think about like, well, what's the most American? I started I said, thinking about I fast said food. Pie. Well, I pie. I was thinking fast food's the most American, like American thing, pie. right? So what's the most American fast food? We should, uh, a McDonald's, of course. See, I don't think that's true. Because I think McDonald's... Is international. I think McDonald's has surpassed America <laughs> in terms of like enterprise. Because McDonald's is top of the food chain. America is not. Okay, so who's the... What's the Burger King one? has a monarchy, so they're out. Um, my... What screams America? Oh, like something like fucking like Chick-fil-A, who they don't like gay marriage. Chick-fil-A is too regional. It's, it's <laughs> small. It's smaller. It would be like you need a Australia chain. or something. KFC. Ah, uh, the chicken industry. KFC, farm factory chickens, um, mass produced everywhere. And mutant chickens. They are headed by a oh, white guy. Colonel. <laughs> a slave owning uh, colonel. Oh, yeah. So a military man. <laughs> KFC is the America of fast food. Oh, let's talk about the logos. Okay, so you have the colonel. You're like mascots. Yeah, your yeah. mascots. Okay, and then you already said the king, the monarchy. Mm-hmm, the Burger King. What about Wendy? Where does she fit in all of this? Wendy. She um, wants to have an abortion. Wendy screams uh, Midwestern girl to me. Yeah. Like she's her. from like Minnesota or something, you know? <laughs> so she's also conservative. <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, Minnesota is not necessarily super conservative. A lot of the Midwest is like, they go back and forth. They're, They're swing- working people. You know? Yeah. Factory workers and stuff. What about Jack in the Box? He, no, he, Jack is like a salary, like he's a CEO dude. Like He's he's, he's a white collar. He's, yeah. He's corporate. Uh, he's corporate for sure. Uh, and like all those commercials, it's always him in a boardroom being like, how can we make more money? What's the next product we can Let's launch? capitalize what on people we... who get high. Yeah, we'll call them munchie meals. <laughs> right, right. So let's let's get people that are high into their cars. Yeah. Uh, to go pick up food. <laughs> They're <laughs> hot boxing. Yeah, let's get people who are not making the most rational decisions behind the wheel of a vehicle to uh, come and get food from us. Yes. And we'll make it the worst food imaginable. Let's put let's put a fucking tater... Let's put a, uh, a hash brown on top of uh, a chicken cheese. sandwich that's filled with cheese. Yeah. Um, yeah, And those tacos. Which and is- those tacos. Um and then what? What do we? Carl's Jr. Who gives a fuck? Was that a star? The star. He he, <laughs> the star. Which why? Hardee's. Yeah. Um. I feel like I don't know why, but he his the star has a face, right? Yeah. It's giving me Kool Aid Man. <laughs> it is kind of Kool Aid. Okay. I, I. This is a bit of a tangent, but I need. I do need. I do need to ask. Um. Yes. The Kool-Aid man? Is Kool-Aid man... Actually, now that I'm thinking about this, I think it's a really dumb question. There was something going around online where it's like, is Kool-Aid man the, the juice or the, the, the glass, the craft? Mm. It's a Which craft. is dumb, though, because like, are you your, your blood and organs or are you your like skeleton <laughs> Well, some people could say that. Is this a ship of Theseus thing where like, if I keep replacing your limbs, are you still But you? my blood does get replaced all the time. Right, but at what point, like you replace all your organs and all your blood, are you still you? Uh, ship of theseus no it's like that movie uh bionic what's that bicentennial man mm, and remember mm. he went to the supreme what with robin williams I didn't watch it. he they were they came up with he was a robot and then parts of him became human like mm. his skin like his whole body because he was robot looking right and, the, and then it's it went like, to the supreme court and then 
went on his deathbed because he can die. Right. Um, they ruled in his favor that he was human. So mm. it was like this whole battle of... Fuck, imagine all the taxes, the back taxes <laughs> that his family's going to have to pay. Well, he was he came from a rich master. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> which, again, more influence in a, in a, in a white man. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a, white, a white robot. But they like, I remember the whole argument was, um, they're like, oh, you know, you still have robot organs. And then, well, he, and he got super rich because he created all these robot organs mm, mm-hmm. and they're like well don't you have one of my lungs and he's like don't you have one of my hearts like aren't you also part robot right 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 and so it's like again how much robot are you before you're not before you're a full-on robot it's the ship of theseus <laughs> if you keep replacing individual and it's like uh when they keep trying to maintain old buildings and like old art and stuff and they're like with old buildings you do all this maintenance on these buildings how much of that old building is still that old building it's, i think it's all about perception if you tr- made the notre dame which they did they restored it after the fire sure. when i look at it it still looks like notre dame to me right so to me it's still the same hmm. <laughs> that's it okay so that's the ruling on the kool-aid man <laughs> that uh, both of them are him because like you're you you're not your insides or your outsides. You're you're both of them. But it would still be alive without the juice inside. No, would you be alive without your blood? Yeah, but who's he's not running off Kool Aid. That's his organs. <laughs> his organs are the Kool Aid. <laughs> no, he has a body. Yeah, the that's carafe. just his head. No, he doesn't have a body. He has feet attached to the bottom of his carafe. I'm like, pretty sure he has jeans on. No, no, you. I, I'm pulling up a picture of the Kool Aid man. This is fucking ridiculous. He has like arms and shit, and like jeans on. He's yeah, like he a, has. He's like Kirby or some like shit. That's his whole. Like, he does not have. This one has jeans in his shirt, See? but like by and large, he's got legs which are also filled with his his weird liquid. It's not even clear if the liquid inside of him is Kool Aid. I. It's not clear. The Kool Aid man's not filled with Kool Aid. Got it. I mean, he's the mascot. Is 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 Jackano, He's full of. Tacos? Yes. <laughs> okay. He doesn't okay. eat his own food. Uh, what about Taco Bell? What's the What's, what's the mascot of Taco Bell? The Chihuahua. Okay, that was canceled a decade ago. The over a decade ago. The, the, uh, it's the Bell, I think. Well, who is the, What's a better stoner food, Jack in the Box or Taco Bell? Okay, so I have. You're, it's Taco Bell. It's Taco Bell cheaper. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can you can roll up with you can roll up not knowing how much money you have. Scrape the like cup holders of your car and be like, all right, give me fourteen uh, cheesy bean and rice burritos, and you're fucking stuffed. I survived off, you know this steak quesadillas mm-hmm. in college, which used to be like a dollar dollar like forty nine. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. And like I would always get two of them, and that was like what I ate all day. Right. Yeah, man, Taco Bell. Uh, also, Taco Bell has a lot of vegetarian options. Taco Bell, as far <laughs> as evil fast food corporations go, probably the best of them. Oh, I mean, we don't know. It's, it's But we know that all of them are bad. Yeah. So It's, it's probably like, owned by something. Mm, I don't want to look up who owns Taco Bell. <laughs> you want to keep the illusion of Taco Bell. What other fast food places are there? Um, In-N-Out? Regional. It's, it's hard yeah. to... Yum brands. Arby's. We have the meats. Arby's. Arby's. It has a cowboy hat. And it has that guy with the deep voice. (laughs) Arby's. We have the meat. Do you want meat? 
Oh, of course, you that kind of commercial shit. So Yum Brands owns Taco Bell, which of course also owns KFC, also owns Pizza Hut, mm-hmm. which is why you have the Taco Bell Pizza Huts and the KFC is all combined. Uh, the Habit, uh, also Yum Brands is one of the like four brands that owns everything. Um, A&W, yeah. Long John Silver. All you have to do is look. You all just look up the companies, and you're gonna see that it all goes to the same ones. Every right. single time. Uh, that's why KFC and Pizza Hut and all that have talk or have Pepsi um, products. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man, fucking evil. Um, <laughs> and like, if only our moral, only if your Starbucks morals, uh, w- you took that in for these fast food places. I mean, Starbucks morals. Um, you don't go to Starbucks because they don't unionize. They but they have been allow, unionizing. But they no, 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 no. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. Here's the difference. The issue with Starbucks is they were making a push to unionize some stores, and Starbucks then actively came out to do union busting. So in that, in in the time of crisis of Starbucks trying to unionize, you have to stand with the workers. So if there was a push for Taco Bell to unionize a couple of locations, uh, then and, and Taco Bell became, you know, they came down and tried to do some union busting, you would have to boycott. It's one of those things where it's like, yeah, all these companies are evil, but if there is a push to make change, you need to do what you can to help that change. Okay. And so, now some of these stores, there has been momentum, and a number of Starbucks have successfully unionized. It's all because of you, man. It's because of me. What I'm saying <laughs> is I'm better than most people. People. God, you should get that tattooed on your forehead. Uh, no, because I get a T-shirt made out for no. you. Anyway, wasn't this a music episode? <laughs> yeah, this is a music episode. Um, so uh, we could do two things uh, right now. Uh, we could talk about the music industry and the changes. Well, we could do both of these things. Yeah, it wasn't we could talk fun. about like the order of these things, uh, or we can go yes, into the, the order operations here, or we can go into the um, uh, Rolling Stone. We'll 200. do the list last. Okay. Uh, we're having a discussion. Yeah, we're having a discussion. Let's discuss with us. Um, so, I hope wh- I I hope that people are like in their cars or like at home and just like yelling it. Because I know when I listen to podcasts, I'm right. like, no, that's bullshit. Right. No, like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Or I'll be like, oh, that's right. Like, oh, Kool Aid Man. I agree. Kool Aid Man is only his feet. He's actually his shoes. He's like Frosty the Snowman, where you put the hat on him, and that's his life. Oh, I forgot I had a thing, but I guess we don't have to do it. But Is it, it, ha- music? it goes no. Oh. <laughs> That's why I'm like we don't have to do it. Um, but it goes uh, along the lines. I have you know those lists where you said you can only choose one or pick three, like what's one of them has to go. Oh. And I save like a bunch of pictures and it's like, you know, you have to only keep one fast food place and what would it be? Oh. You want you want to do that? <laughs> I, I just this one since okay. it's, we're on topic, but you can only have one surviving fast food place. It's gonna be McDonald's. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's it. I, I can't. I can I go regional and pick In and Out? It's too I much beef. There's no chicken. Yeah, in they there. have no variety. Yeah, that's true. It's like yeah, you're gonna like get one individual item, and that's everything else goes. I feel like you would have picked Jack in the Box at one point, but you're mad now. At one point, but Jack in the Box is just not. It's one of those things where, you know, as a kid, like, you know, 
I was, you know, contrarian. So I don't think Jack I, I could live without an ultimate cheeseburger. I can't live without a Big Mac. Like to never have a Big Mac again in my life makes me feel really sad, <laughs> which right. is so sad in itself. It is. It's because we're a product of our environment. I mean, I'm. they pumped it with additives that make me addicted to that food. Right. That is one of the things with, uh, with McDonald's versus any of the other fast food places mm-hmm. is like there's no replacements no like you eat burger king or you eat jack the box or you eat um carl's jr or any of these places and you're like okay you can compare like their chicken sandwiches or their burgers or their nuggets or their fries mcdonald's none of what they have tastes like food that's comparable outside of mcdonald's and it's not even like it's delicious no. or that's good or that there's not like there's there are other there are chicken nuggets out there that are better than the McDonald's right. one. But if you want if you a, wanna, nugget, a yes. nugget, you're going to McDonald's to get it. Right. If you're like, oh, I want to, you can't like, oh, I want a McNugget. Okay, I'm gonna go to Wendy's and get their chicken. I'm gonna go get like chicken tenders. Like, no, 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 no. I didn't want a fucking chicken tender. <laughs> I wanted a McNugget. Okay. I wanted like, that sweet and sour sauce. I need the elements that are that coalesce to make. The McDonald's. It needs to have that L-shaped one. Food product. The circle one. Right. What the trapezoid, the-, <laughs> the, the the egg, the whatever they are. Yeah, it's not even, I wouldn't even call it food. It's like food-like product. Yeah. It's it, pink slime. It's food spelled with a PH. Food. No, what? Oh. <laughs> what? It's still got the two O's and the D. Oh, it's just food, but P-H-O-O-D. <laughs> anyway. Uh, as I mentioned, I was camping with my bandmates. You uh, love to drop that you've been camping. This is a fucking segue. <laughs> <Go>. <laughs> okay. So, you know, we're in a band together and we were talking about some of the differences of like, well, what is it? What does it mean to be in a band? What does it mean to make music now? Hmm. And what are measures of success? Mm-hmm. And like, what are, what is the music? Is there a music industry? What is the music industry? How do you participate in this, uh, in the the music industry itself? Uh, and I wanted to. I don't know necessarily how I want to frame this conversation with you. <laughs> Why? <laughs> well, because I don't know. I don't know what what. Not to say because I'm not in the music industry. But like, I don't know what, like, what your perspective of it is. You know. Like, uh, my perspective is probably different from yours. Sure. Oh no, my perspective. Pers- 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 uh huh. Yep. <laughs> the the minion movie came out. Right. Okay. We're not. <laughs> sure. Sorry. There is this big uh, thing online about the minion movie. How it's it like, made hella money. Right. Because it had a natural meme build to it, and everybody's going to see it with uh, all Gen Z is like going to see the the minion movie with suits on. Oh. Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Oh. It's a thing. They like, own suits? And Sony's like, how the fuck didn't this work for Morbius? We thought Morbius was a meme and nobody fucking watched it. But the Minion movie, it's got some natural memes, uh, memes that are, are blowing up and Mi- everybody's fucking watching Minions it. are positive memes. The Morbius memes are to make fun of Morbius. That is yes. not enough to go to the movie theaters. Like, no. <laughs> That's not the same. Sony is not the same. It's not. Anyway, wow! You said you had a thought. Oh, I don't know what we were talking about. The music industry. Oh, I don't know. You started off, and then I'll give you my thoughts. I'll keep going. Okay. Um. So, I guess a good way to frame it is like the way that it used to work. Right? Is somebody would create 
music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you go to a label. The, the goal is to the goal used to be that you wanted to get your music into the stream. You wanted to throw it into the. You wanted to have it take a small piece of what used to be considered the monoculture, right? You wanted to carve out your section of the things that are advertised as our culture. It's kind of like a, a broad way to, to explain it. It's like you, you would make your glasses and it's distracting because it keeps touching my face. Um, but like, you know, let's say I would make I would make a song and what I would want to do is I would want to have it get airplay. I would, so yes. I would need to reach out to the people who own the radio stations or I would need to reach out to a record label or uh, you I need suck to play some shows. Dick to get this. Sure. Like, but the whole goal is to get into the industry itself. And I think what's happened is the industry doesn't really exist anymore. Mm-hmm. For better and for worse. So, like, obviously, it's well known that, like, the music industry is a shithole cesspool of, like, the most awful individuals on the planet. Um, that People are, like, are still fighting with, like, their yeah. labels and stuff. Like, nothing's changed. And it's super exploitative and all that. But the thing is, is it was a regulated industry that had structure in place. Yes. And so now, the way that... They open the... They can open the doors for you. Get you into those... Right. R- play you on the radio right get you on tv but now like none of that matters because nobody listens to the radio nobody really discovers like tv is not even a thing anymore like Mm -hmm. it's not like cable tv right because everything's streaming services and everything has been democratized like all of content it's no longer it's all content as opposed to uh art or product even so -hmm. it's content it's a constant stream of Okay, let's get a bunch of people to make shows and maybe Netflix and picks them up. And it's a constant. You constant have stream. to keep putting things out there because if you don't, you're going to get forgotten. And yeah. Which means that there's significantly more. It's completely flattened. So like the what can be considered the industry now is this completely flat area uh, with a really broad surface of like my song could go on a show, right? But because there's 700 shows... And this show is only going to last for one season on a streaming service until they've milked it and sucked it completely dry and it's not going to be profitable anymore. Um, that, like, who's going to actually watch that? It used to be if your song gets on a show, that's guaranteed, like, growth of your Well, of your let's talk about Stranger Things and Kate Bush. Her song got into the top 10 Billboard, uh, the Hot 100. Sure. Because of Stranger Things, a television show, and her song was played constantly through it. Right. But how many shows are on Netflix? Oh, a shit ton. How many are on the same level of Stranger Things? Uh, Maybe like three. Right. So it's like, like yeah, you can still hit big. It's not to say that like a, a, a musician or an artist can't still hit big, but it's way more of a crapshoot. And it's way more at the whim of uh, other content creators. It is way more based on networking and individual self-marketing. So the only way that um, in, like an artist can make it now is somebody else has to pick you up like an individual not like like netflix isn't going to pick up kate bush and say hey stranger things you need to play kate bush because we got payola or whatever from this record company like that's just not how that works so it has to be like the creators of the show are like oh i really like this kate bush song so i'm going to reach out to kate bush and see if we can license the song yeah which is what they did which is what they did or reach out to like an independent or smaller artist this happened with um what is it miss Marvel and uh, Sweatshop Boys, where mm-hmm. they there was a connection because one of the members of the group uh, was friends with the creator, and so they put their song in the show and like had a name drop and all that. So like those sorts of things can still happen, but it's no longer part of this industry 
machination. Like it's not like the industry deciding that somebody's going to be popular. The way that that does happen is when the industry of a record label or uh, whatever works in tangent with like the marketing wings. So social media. And then you get this thing of like, hey, this artist who I've never heard of uh, is all of a sudden everywhere for some reason. Your Lizzo's a few years back, your uh, Jack Harlow's, like these things where it's like, or like the most famous one is probably Chance the Rapper, where he's, you know, a quote unquote independent artist. And his whole thing was he's an independent artist. But like, how does an independent artist all of a sudden become literally everywhere and working on all the biggest albums out of nowhere? Like all of a sudden, everybody heard that one mixtape. No. How did you hear that mixtape? How did I hear it? Because it showed up on a bunch of blogs. And it's because there is a marketing wing behind the artist that's perpetuating them through. So that's what the music industry, it's a marketing now. Right. Right. It used to be you you make an album or you you record some songs, you play some shows, you Dis- grow your fan distribute base. Distribute it. And you get discovered. Nobody's discovering people now because there's so many people that you have to force your way in through the door. I will say any song that I hear, I, I don't, and maybe this is just me, I don't immediately go out and see what else they're doing. Right. I may because like this content. one song. Right. Um, and I may put this song on my Spotify playlist. Right. But it, it kind of ends there. Right, you hear you hear a part of a song on TikTok that all of a sudden everybody's using this one song because the label or because somebody had enough money to pay the influencers and to I, put it on the so, song. Because I'm not like I was late on TikTok, and I know this is it's now like the one place where you yeah. want to put music in. And it to me, it felt like back when it started really getting big was that things happen organically, like people were listening to these music, but then sure. the industry, quote unquote, got mm. a hold of it and. And marketing being what it evil, is, yeah. <laughs> started manipulating it. Yeah. And so now, not only are you creating music just for this platform, but you're also setting it up so that it's on my for you page, yeah. or that like somebody like that ABCD song where it was like a marketing thing where somebody says she's like, oh, I guess the whole thing was like, oh, I I'm I need some. Like, give me an idea to write a song. And right. somebody said, oh, write a song about the, the alphabet. alphabet. And it's all but the song was already written. Right. Right. And then you have you have other things where anything that's organic will get co-opted and anything that is inorganic will continue to be uh, pushed. So like you have there was that song by King Con and the barbecue show that I don't think their label pushed it because I don't even think they're on a label. Uh, But this is a song from like 15 years ago. It was like not even one of their big songs, but it started popping up on TikTok. And now it's still like at the bottom where it has the name of the song, mm-hmm. it still shows up as that song, even if that song's not playing in the video. Yeah. Because they know that people are going to search that tag. And mm-hmm. it's like, the fuck even is that? Like, what, <laughs> what kind of weird, bizarre, like now that song is the marketing tag for things not even involved in any way. There will be no song in the video mm-hmm. at all. Uh, it's, it's, it's horrifying. So it's like, and, and that changes the way that artists make music and approach. Yeah, it does. It really does. The creative process. Because now, now it's you like, have to have like this. Where's my Now TikTok you need to go part? viral. You need to go. You need to have a dance to it. Right. right. Like, or I need, need to, to make... I need to have a quirky line or a drop that will work in a TikTok. It needs to be like 10 to 20 seconds long kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And so that that kind of we started to have another conversation about how they're like. And I think this is the same with with all forms of art is there's there's two distinct camps of people who make I hate calling it this, but people who make content. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, and this goes back for, for ages and ages and ages. You have the, the crafts, the, the people who are uh, engaged in the craft of making the content. And then you have the artists. And sometimes there's crossover between the two. Sometimes one person will have elements. I think you have to have elements of both. Yeah, I think. And then I think you start to lose some of the one or the other, like later on. Right. And I, I think we are in the age of the craftsman when it comes to. And it, we probably have been for a while, but an artist will have an idea or a concept or something that they need to express, right? An artist's uh, main driving force is the need to express something. A craftsman. Uh, is there to facilitate or like uh, perform. And this is like somebody who can paint really well, but like they might not necessarily have any ideas, but like they can paint really fucking well. They've learned the craft uh, inside and out. And then you might even have an artist who can't paint, but like they're trying to express and there's a frustration there, which is this, this, this. That's then when you make NFTs. Well, sure. But there's this, this like, uh, like Andy Warhol was not a craftsman. Right? I need a craftsman because I got the ideas, but I, it's hard for me to put it a pen to paper. Right, right. And that's the, there's a lot of artists say that there's a struggle of like, I can't articulate what I need. You know, mm-hmm. like I, my, my fingers don't Facts. move as fast. And it's like, honestly, yes, it's, yes. <laughs> it's cause you need to fucking practice and learn your craft. And a no. lot, like, I find that boring. For me, like, practice, like that's why I don't learn cover songs and you, stuff. You told me that you didn't want to learn a language. You just wanted to know a language. Right. But, like, <laughs> even when it comes to the thing that I'm passionate about, when it comes to, like, music and stuff, like, so even learning that gets the boring craft is the craft. I'm trying to learn to love the craft. Okay. But the I, process. I am a, I'm somebody who wants to express. Yeah. So, and, like, it comes back to when I was learning how to play guitar. The first thing I wanted to do was, like, oh, I'm going to write a song. And it's, like. I think there's the difference of people who, when they first pick up a guitar, people who want to learn, people who their first instinct is to write a song and the other people whose instinct it is to play a song. And that's that divide between the craft and the art. And I think we're really undervaluing art and art is really hard to uh, find an avenue to, to get seen and discovered. Right now, all that you can really see and discover is craft. It has to be high craft. It has to be things that are really clean really well made because um, you're not going to have something that's rough around the edges on tiktok and like people aren't discovering that because it doesn't have any push behind it so i i guess what i'm coming at is like i have no idea how we get around this but i think that as with anything there is going to be some ebbs and flows and pushback mm-hmm. and we're going to rubber band around so maybe we're at a new age of auteurs and artists and it's probably why like with movies Everything is existing IP. You don't have any like new ideas for movies. I think that's starting to change a little bit. I think movies are com- making a comeback. Yeah. I think because after the pandemic, there was two years of nothing. Yeah. More nothing. Right. And now we're starting to appreciate that that yeah that nothing that we I, I think that little bit that we had. I think movies are one of the few avenues, and I think TV shows are starting to get this too. Where in order to have art survive and flourish is you have to it's you have to fund the arts you have to make the art not a commodity you have to allow people to make art that is not profitable you have to allow people to make art Mm -hmm. that is not a product Mm -hmm. because then they're not constrained by 
this so needs you're to saying hit. like the indie movies and stuff where right. you're doing your the art films you need, that yeah, still you get need created to, even though 10 people watch it exactly because that's that representation and those 10 people that's that's the, how you keep your street cred right that, that, that's what they say about you know the velvet underground and the sex pistols and those those bands it's like they didn't sell very many albums during their first run um and they didn't like sell out their shows but every single person that bought one of those albums or sold uh, or uh went to one of those shows started their own band and like they started to make their own thing because mm-hmm. it was influencing them um and that's why you have other countries that actually have like arts funding programs where you get like a stipend as an artist so that way your livelihood doesn't depend on the art that you make and you don't have to commodify the thing that you're trying to do mm-hmm. because art is culture and that's why america is a sick and depraved country is because we've commodified all of our culture you can't have culture if it doesn't make money uh yeah, so that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> so let's no. talk about this list. The moral of the story is... So talking about commodifying culture, the Rolling Stone magazine, uh, a.k.a. website, has recently put out their top two... They do these lists of like the top albums, um, top artists, top singers, top bass players, all these different things. Uh, they got a lot of heat. Because they get heat in every list. Right. But they got a lot of heat a uh, long time ago with their top albums. I think it's like their 500 greatest albums because, I mean, how many of them were past the year of 1990? How many of them are uh, not rock and roll albums? How many of them are made by black people? Like, Wasn't all those numbers were very small. I remember in high school they had like the 500 greatest songs of all time mm-hmm. and the number one song was Like a Rolling Stone. Right. On a Rolling Stone magazine, right? Like, come on. <laughs> it's like okay, so like Bob Dylan and, and Rolling Stone magazine don't have any like monetary yeah, yeah, connection. Yeah, yeah. But it is one of those things where it's like, you put this out in in the '90s as the greatest song of all time. Like, I really love that song, but like, who the fuck was listening to that song? You know, again, it's <laughs> like the what's the what's the criteria? But right. Also, when they update the list of the same things, I don't know. But the number one never stays number one. It's supposed to be the greatest song of all time, at least at that moment. Right. But it always changes. Yeah. So it's made by, like, the the people who make these lists is compiled of, like, writers, and they do get some artists in there as, like, panelists and stuff. Uh, So we're not going to go through the whole thing. Okay, give me me some good stuff. Um, Surprises. Things you think should have been higher. Things you should have been lower. My boys are on that list. Are they? Greatest hip hop albums? Oh, this hip hop album? This is just hip hop album. Oh, I thought you were talking about another list. No, 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 no. This is hip hop album. Oh, because this is the one that came out. (laughs) This is the one that came out the most recently. Okay. Like this is this is hot off the presses. Oh man, I don't even know how many hip hop albums I've actually listened to. Probably more than you think. Oh my, my cousin, he had Eminem, he had Jay Z. (laughs) I have I've listened to Tupac. <laughs> uh, so number one ninety six. I'm going to call this out because this is uh, I'm just going to say probably the highest ranking uh, person from uh, my hometown of Pittsburgh, California, is the Jacka uh, with Tear Gas from 2009, which is not even so. Like they put the Jacka's album from 2009, which is after the Hyphy movement was really like falling off. Yeah, the Hyphy was like 2005. Right. And so like you're not even putting Prime Jacka on there. Like what the fuck is that about? Anyway, um, you have your your like your people who are going to be repeating. You have some like Nipsey Hussle, some uh, ASAP Rocky, Capone and Noriega's. What number low. are you on? I'm in the like 180s right now. So you have like Too Short is here. 
Um, I'm curious to know how many of the top ten are white rappers. Okay. Uh, you have E40's In a Major Way is pretty low. That's a really good album. Um, we're going to go into the 100s right now, see what kind of jumps out here. Um, something that's really fun to do is when you look at an album and then you see like what's five places above it, and you're like, is that album really better? <laughs> like you have the Carter too, Lil Wayne, and then uh, you have like T.I.'s Trap Music. I is don't it, know. Isn't the Carter, that's like a classic hip hop album. That should be pretty high. That's yeah? the Carter 2. Oh, okay. <laughs> but the Carter 2 is the one that has, um, what's on that one? Uh, it's the one where he, has, he like proclaims that he's the best rapper alive and all that. Like it should probably be higher, but I'm sure that's not. Which one has? Wee, 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 wee. Like a cop car? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm not the biggest Lil Wayne fan. Uh, you have Eminem's The Slim Shady LP. Oh, uh, yeah. The debut. How high is that? 85. I think that's okay. So you think that... Uh, that was a big debut. Yeah, but then you look at number... Let's see here. You have Watch the Throne. Is Watch the Throne better than the Slim Shady LP? Watch the Throne. Kanye and... And Jay-Z. No. No, that's not better. Well, Watch the Throne is like significantly... It's number 77 compared to uh, 85, which was Slim Shady LP. And then you have Megan The Stallion's Fever from 2019 that's above both of those albums. Man, it could be really good. I didn't listen to it. I mean, it. it's above Eric B. and Rakim. It's above Slick Rick. It's above... Who do you think should be number one? So I've seen this list already. <laughs> um, you got Queen Latifah there. You have You're the covering Fugees. the list. I can't even see this list. So you have the Fugees, the score. Yeah, yeah. Which is like the big Fugees album at what number, number 70. Okay, 70. Juvenile's album, 400 Degrees, is higher than that. Does it have Back That Ass Up? Yes. Well, then, yeah. Okay. You think Back That <laughs> Ass Up is better than anything the Fugees did? The Fugees did a lot of, like, uh, it wasn't covers, but... 50 Cents, Get Rich or Die Trying. Ooh, that should be top 20, right? That should... I agree. That should be significantly higher. Uh, Every is, song of that, I think, is good. It's lower than Kendrick Lamar's Damn. Um, that's not my favorite Kendrick. Mine's is Mad Kid, Mad City. Good album. Kid, Mad City. Yeah, that one's my favorite. And album. then right above Kendrick Lamar's Damn at 59 is uh, Notorious B.I.G.'s Life After Death, which has got Hypnotize, More Money, More Problems. Ooh. Uh, huge album. And it's at 59, which is... Does it have, it's going back to Cali? Uh, I think that's on another... That's right. I bet he's higher. I bet he has another album that's higher. I can tell you he is higher. But... <laughs> And that's probably why they can do something like they they want to like have this big thing of like, oh, yeah, we put Life After Death at number 59. And then we put No Name, Room 25, an album from 2018 that I don't think a lot of people have actually heard. It's fine. But is it really better than that? Is that 56? doesn't make sense. Migos Culture what? is at 54. I guess in the middle is okay. I guess. Uh, but like, yeah, you have. A I mean, the Migos. Would you say they 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 changed not changed music, but they came out with something different? Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the Migos should be in the fifties, probably somewhere. The greatest hip hop albums of all, I guess. Yeah, uh, the Carter Three. That's the one where Lil Wayne's like a baby. Oh yeah, that one's the that one's number thirty. The big one, right? Yeah, that one's got a Millie, um, Lollipop, uh, and that one's right behind Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Mad City. And then you have Raekwon's Only Built for Cuban Links. Like, these are good albums. Where's the Wu-Tang Clan at? Where is the Wu-Tang Clan? It's a great question. Um, 
And then you have Nicki Minaj's Pink Fridays number three. Oh, that's a big album, Steven. That's a big album. Yeah, but is Don't it better than that. is it better than De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising? Is it better than Snoop Doggy Dog's Doggy Style? Uh maybe. No. It's <laughs> it's so not. Is it better than Good Kid Mad City? Uh I'm sure it has more hits. Mm. Made a lot more money. Tupac, all eyes on me. Is that his biggest one? It might be the highest ranking Tupac album. I'll need to look at it, but I think it is. And that's at number 29. Oh, that's pretty low. It's two spots above Nicki Minaj. That's pretty low. Right above that is Mob Deep's The Infamous, which has Shook Ones Part 2, which I just think is funny. What about Mr. Cal? I just think it's funny to put Mob Deep ahead of Tupac. Oh, yes. And when he all got sickle cell or something. <laughs> uh, that's just funny to me. Um, Outcast, uh, Aquemini, that's a big album. Reasonable Doubt from Jay Z. See, they put Eminem's Marshall Mathers LP above yeah. Slim Shady LP. The Slim Shady is better. I agree. And you have Nas Illmatic. That is, that's top 20, right? That is not top 20. That's number 24. Don't people regard that as one of like, the best albums they do. of all time? They do. Uh, which, if you ask anybody who's not like, I, I, that one's weird because it's one of those things where like is Nas Illmatic is you know one of the it's five mics on the Source magazine like it's supposed to be one of the best albums but like how many people know songs off that I know zero songs you know zero so- oh I, one mic is that from Illmatic uh yes that I know is one song <laughs> um and then he's got the fuck what's the sleep is the cousin of death yeah that's a good song um UGK riding dirty uh. Late Pimp C on that. Uh, DMX, It's Dark and Hell's Hot. Great album. There should be way more DMX on this list. Future is uh, breaking into the top 20. So we'll, we'll go into top 20, okay? Come on. I'll go through this. Future, DS2. This is probably one of the bigger mixtapes that he had. What song is on Fuck there? Fuck Up Some Commas was probably one of the big ones. Oh, I don't know that song. Um, and then above that is Lil' Kim's Hardcore. Sure, I don't listen to Lil' Kim. But it is, you know, you gotta have Lil Kim on there. Uh, Mad Villain with Mad Villainy, that's MF Doom and Mad Lib. Uh, very important, like underground hip hop record. Are you okay with that? Top 20? Yeah. Uh, Kanye West Yeezus is number 17. Most Kanye fans don't think that that's his best record. Yeah. It's probably one of my favorite Kanye records because I'm not really a Kanye fan. What do they like? The college dropout, right? College dropout, late registration. Um, they like the, the preppy years. Yeah. Yeah, but Yeezus is the one that they put at 17. And then they put Cardi B's Invasion of Privacy. So here's the thing. is Cardi B's album. Cardi B's album Does is significantly higher. Does it have Bo- Bodak Yellow in it? Yeah, this is, I think, the big one. But it's you But you think that <laughs> one deserves to be number 16 of the greatest hip-hop album of all time. I wonder if it's controversial because I wonder. I bet a lot of How people would be like. How much higher it is than Nicki? Yeah, exactly. I bet a lot of people would rather have Pink Friday up there. Uh. Yeah, I mean, I would probably rather listen to Invasion of Privacy over Pink Friday, uh, but that's just me. And then you have Eric B. and Rakim paid in full. I mean, hip-hop before Rakim getting mainstream uh, didn't have interior rhyming, so that's pretty important. Uh, He wasn't the first one to do it, but he was like, that album changed the way that people rap. You have Ghostface Killa with Supreme Clientele, uh, probably one of the biggest. Does he have the best? album of the clan he might, have the the biggest, clan. he might have the biggest solo album from the clan okay from the Wu-Tang clan. yeah don't say that uh, and that does have the songs one nutmeg and apollo kids all really good songs uh dr dre's 
the chronic oh you have to have 2001 um i didn't know that he had he was forced to change the name what was that originally the chronic but now it's just called 2001 oh no it's the chronic Suge Knight stole the chronic as the so he was forced to change it. Oh, legal things. So here's the thing: you put clips with Lord Willen, like yeah, it has grinding on there. No, top twenty, number twelve. Grinding's a good song, but above, yeah, I don't. mm. Then you have Drake. Drake's not gonna be in top twenty. No, Stephen. I understand. No matter your personal views on Drake, Drake will be top twenty. I guess he will be top twenty. I'm sorry, Stephen, but that's just how it is. Uh, he's number 11 with Take Care. That's the one that has, I think, was that Marvin's Room on there? Buried Alive. Uh, yeah, there's some songs on there. And then you have Lauren Hill's The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. Yes. That's up there, definitely. I'll, I'll give it to that. Uh, Tribe Called Quest, Low End Theory. Um, incredibly influential. It's got, you know. What about some Missy? There was some Missy, I think, earlier. Oh, but not. I don't know if you have Missy in the top 10. So is Lauren Hill the top female let's keep a tally uh so she's at 10 then you have tribe called quest you have wu-tang clan enter the 36 chambers mm-hmm. i'm fine with that being in the top 10 i think it should be higher but at eight is fine missy okay here's missy elliott's missy's so addictive there you go um that's got get your freak on on it uh if you need to know the timeline that's number seven okay highest ranking kanye albums probably my beautiful dark twisted fantasy that makes sense that what sense. songs are on there? Monster. That that's that's got that's the big one he had after college dropout, uh, and that's before 808s and Heartbreaks. I think, or it's like it's the one where this is this is his biggest album. I okay. would say. Then uh, you have Kendrick Lamar's "To Pimp a Butterfly," number five. I mean, my personal preference. Y'all already know it's not my favorite. I mean, yeah, he did win like. All the Grammys. Like a, a Pulitzer for that, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, you kind of have to give it that. Uh, the number four. So we're in the top five. That, that was Pulitzer five. or Pulitzer? I say Pulitzer. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's Pulitzer, but I think everybody just says Pulitzer. Uh, public Enemy, It Takes a Nation of Millions to Hold Us Back. Yeah, that uh, that's one of the biggest hip-hop albums, I'd say. Number three is Jay-Z's The Blueprint. They're always going to put Jay-Z at the top. Uh, and number two is Outcast Stankonia. Um, I knew Outcast was going to be pretty high. Yeah, and like, you have to think about if there's no Outcast, like what is that their does... double album, the one where he, they did both solos, or is that the like no? Bombs this over is the Baghdad? one before that. So you're thinking of um, oh god, what was that one called? That's the one with Hey Ya and the it. Speaker Box and the Love Below. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, <laughs> the double one, and then they had Aquemini, which was before this one on the list, which was. Does this have Miss Jackson on it? It says Miss Jackson. This has Bombs Over Baghdad. Bombs Over Baghdad is a good song. So Fresh and So Clean, Clean. Oh, yeah. Good album. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I think this definitely deserves to be up there. Um, And then number Number one, one. Ready to Die, Biggie. Oh. Juicy. I think this is is the big album. This is the one before, uh, what was it, Life After Death. I mean, Biggie's not my style. Yeah, and you look at like the top ten, and the top ten is definitely like I'm not really big on New York rappers to be it's honest. It's definitely it, there's it. an East Coast bias on a lot of the top twenty, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there was definitely some people who uh, didn't like the fact that like you have Chief Keef. Oh so yeah, high tell up me, here. tell me what like people didn't like. What are the oh they didn't like they didn't like Cardi B being up 
As high. As high. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of people who didn't like Cardi B being on there at all. Um, I think there is you know also what? an issue yeah, of... I, I agree. With, fine. I agree with that. I think Cardi B... I, I don't mind that she's on the list. I think she should be on the list. How, mm. how many... Uh, she's like top 20. No, but how many numbers is this whole list? 200. 200? Yeah. Let's put it... Well, she can be in the top 200. Right. But as high as she is, I think I might agree with that. I think it might be too early for her still. I think there is a lot of artists on... Like, there was the like No Name album... To grow. Uh, from the artist No Name, and it's like, that's an indie rap person who's gotten popular in the last couple of years. But like, is anybody going to care about that album? It was released in 2018. It's like there is a bit of recency of like, oh, this was a critical darling two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Like, is Doja Cat a rapper? Well, that's a big debate. I say yes because she raps. <laughs> um. But like yeah, yeah, but so do people on K-pop songs, and I would you call them rappers? I think they call themselves rappers. I think right? they're singers who rap. I just I, I think that there are some really strange. Uh, I think there's some albums that are really low that people are like, okay, you're gonna have Run DMC's "Raising Hell" with My Adidas and Peter Piper, and all those songs are that's number one hundred. Like maybe that should be higher than oh, a Run DMC at one hundred should be higher. Like that should be higher than Ti's trap music. I agree. Uh, yeah, the, there's a lot of the albums that we would have skipped that were like in the in the lower 100s. Um, you got some like Run the Jewels, LL Cool J, Common. A lot of those albums are pretty low. Lil Uzi Vert is 143, so they're saying his album is better than uh, like LL Cool J's radio, which it seems. I mean, I'd rather listen to Lil Uzi Vert, but. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, okay. I'm. I don't have that much skin in the game. I listen to hip hop. Doja Cat's number one thirty six. I grew up with hip hop, so a lot of the songs I do know, but a lot I don't too. So I don't really have strong opinions. I would say. I think that they did do a very smart thing. Just double checking my work here, but I believe in the top. Uh, I'm looking at the top 50 here. I think you have one white person. Oh, yeah. We were going to do that. I'm surprised <laughs> Eminem wasn't in top 20. I think there's been a lot of backlash against um, Eminem mm. because he does not have a lot of uh, versatility. He doesn't have a lot of friends. He has like one flow. And a lot of his music hasn't, not even like the content, but a lot of the music itself hasn't aged well. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't think that there's a lot of, like, I think anybody who, anybody who you can tell was influenced by Eminem to rap, you can tell, and it's not good. Hey, my Namjoon is uh, Eminem. He, Eminem and Nas are his biggest rap influences. It's very strange. <laughs> very, very strange. Um, yeah, I just think, like, when you think of a rapper that's like, oh, I was influenced by Eminem, you're like, not I good. really don't care. I, I just think it's one of those things where is it hasn't stood the test of time. The where, flow, where the style of music. Where is Machine Gun Kelly in the list? I don't believe he's on the list. <laughs> don't what believe about list. Yellow Wolf? <laughs> uh, what about Tyler the Creator? You he's on there a few times. Okay. Um, he's he's kind of mid list, popping up. He's a, a mid list kind of guy. Yeah. I, these lists are always so fucking stupid because like but I, yet you're still reading them well yeah because i like to get angry at lists oh you do? i love to get angry <laughs> at lists it's one of my favorite things to do 
Like <laughs> when you have there was like the list of hundred greatest guitar players, which is such a bullshit list because like what makes a good guitar player? Is it somebody well, that writes a good I mean, song? People who are writing this are obviously the greatest guitar players ever and have every guitar player thinks they're the greatest guitar player no but i'm saying the pr- people putting the list together are like <laughs> i am the expert on who's the but the, guitar but player. that's the thing you have like the list of in like so in i believe in the list of greatest guitar players and in the list of greatest singers in the top i'm willing to say in the top 50 kurt cobain is in both of those lists yeah but isn't he not good at either of them right but it's like i mean on a on a technical level, but I guess the feeling is there. Well, and that's that's my thing when it comes to like the list of greatest guitar players is, is it's like, yeah, you could put like Steve Vai or Ingve Malmsteen or some of these like, or Joe Satriani, but it's like, what's your favorite fucking Joe Satriani song? Oh, there's one I like. No, he sucks. <laughs> there's Take one that back. I like. Take that back. <laughs> it's like, there's no like virtuosic uh, musicians very rarely make listenable music. Like Yo-Yo Ma. Right. Like people <laughs> people who are really, really good at an instrument. Yeah. I You go to see the skill. You don't really go to listen to like what the they're The craft playing. versus the art. Yeah. Right. Like what are they expressing? What is what is fucking Yo-Yo Ma expressing? I don't want to pick on Yo-Yo Ma. I'm sure Yo-Yo Ma is <laughs> great. Uh, but like, yeah, like uh, Yngwie Malmsteen. I, not many people that listen to this are going to know who that is. But he's a fucking douchebag. Really good guitar player. Uh, but are you not going to put him on the list because of that? This is the greatest guitar player. It's not whether you're a douchebag guitar player. Well, I mean, that's that's the thing. Is is, is a gr- are you the greatest guitar player if you can't write a fucking song? Um, you not writing your guitar parts. Uh, sure. You can but be like, a good. You can be a great guitar player and not write your guitar parts. See, I don't know. I guess I guess that is the difference of like, okay, you're 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 one of the greatest guitar players, but you're not a good songwriter. And those, yeah, are two, those are different. Those are two different things. But like, like if you can mimic or play by ear or, but does writing, does being a songwriter or just being, I don't know. I feel like there are elements of that into being the greatest guitar player. Like when push comes to shove, I'd the rather, greatest guitar player will write, be a virtuoso, be super technical. They will have all those traits. That will, should be the number one person. So like Prince, Sure, I think I think Prince is on that list. Um, yeah, but I, I also when you're talking about like great uh, musicians with their instrument, you also I guess would have to if we're really talking about who's the greatest guitar player, how many different styles of guitar can that person play? If you're I the greatest guitar player, I want to know who player, the greatest accordion player is. Um, forget the guitar what about the guitar i'm gonna say prince is probably top five for all of those accordion sure sure i'm sure prince has played accordion and he's probably great at it. he's like top five bass player top five drummer top five guitar player top five singer he really did everything great this is why you have a prince shirt yeah yeah and why i more importantly listen to (laughs) all right well what a fun time what a fun time everything's collapsing um We'll probably try to get another. Ooh, are we going to be able to get another episode this month? Uh, who knows? I mean, this is our June episode in July. And we're traveling. June and July. Later this month. You know, we can always surprise you. We, we surprised you by not coming back for a month. <laughs> we were doing so well, too. We had the first five months on lock, and then we just kept. I mean, we got a couple in under off. the wire. 
Yeah. I mean, the last one. I, it don't I matter. Heard. It don't matter if you win by uh, an inch or a mile. Yeah. <laughs> winning is winning. Okay. okay let me In the immortal words of Vin Diesel. Let me play the next Lace Curtain song. Okay. Um, Thank we'll you, you everybody choose. for joining us on the Midnight Hour. I need to drink some water and go to bed. Mm. I hope you enjoyed Doomsday and the list of top hip hop albums. We talked about other stuff too. Fast we food. talked about fast food and <laughs> and. Why are we <laughs> recapping what you just heard? Like <laughs> this is how you summarize in an essay at the end of the essay. This is, an this an is essay. where you this summarize. Summarize what you talked. If they want to know what we talked about, they can hit the little backwards fifteen second button. How many times have you listened to a podcast and totally forgot about what played in the first like ten minutes? I don't care. All the though. time. Like, <laughs> why do I need to know that? I'm not going to be tested time. on this. You will not be tested on this. Okay, should I play Fountains of Blood or In the Forest? Uh, Fountains of Blood is on theme. Okay, cool. Uh, great song. All the Lace Curtains. Just check out Lace Curtains. Great, great songs. Bye, Insomniac. See you Bye. next time. Where's my volume? My only souvenir from the Museum d'Orsay.